Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of One Perfect Game, the show about video games and the people who play them. My name's Matt Tilby, I'm your host for this wonderful adventure. Come and join us. My guest for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, is a producer of content for the YouTube gaming news channel, Inside Gaming, which you can find at youtube.com forward slash Inside Gaming. And they're also a co-host of Twitch channel, What A Show, over at twitch.tv, What A Show. I am, of course, talking about Connor McGrath, who joins me now. Connor, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. It's so nice to be here. I'm so glad you mentioned What A Show. It's not something I think of in as, a, as an official capacity as I do Inside Gaming, but it is kind <laughs> of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, <laughs> what a show it is! It, it's certainly grown in in stature, and you've been uh, promoting it a little bit more. So I felt like it, it needed needed a bit of a you know a bit of promotion. I do like that I it's, it's what that. a show. It's it's very uh, it's 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 supposed to be sort of said in like an old English. Oh, what a show! Sort of um, very exciting terms, I guess. I can guarantee you're putting a much more thought into it right now than we did <laughs> when we were deciding what to name our Twitch because Patrick was like. I have a YouTube channel called What a Show, and I was like, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, so we just renamed it. It was my personal Twitch, and I realized I was like, I'm, I'm not going to hold myself accountable to streaming regularly. So now we have, yeah. uh, it goes both ways. Yeah, at least you can sort of share the, uh, the responsibility so it's not all hanging on you. Yeah, I mean, both of us, you'll have days when you wake up and you're like, normally you'd be like, I don't want to stream today. And then you'll get the text that's like, should we stream later? It's like, yeah, yes, yes, we should. We definitely should. <laughs> so it's it's kept us it's kept us more uh, up to snuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, how have you found you know working during this sort of period of real uncertainty? I guess uh, obviously in LA, it's it's almost stay at home orders during this uh, this covid situation uh, certainly yeah it's, i mean california just closed back down uh recently at the time of this recording um so things are definitely still very uh a lockdown-esque for me i'm i'm incredibly lucky that i've remained employed through all this uh i somehow uh <laughs> despite the odds ended up in the one field where it seemed like things are because you know people are still watching youtube uh, cause mm. uh, you know, a fair amount of friends of mine are working production and on set and, uh, they've had some trouble, you know, working lately, of course, everything yeah. stopped over here. I mean, it's interesting because obviously inside gaming has that sort of traditional setup of two people in front of the screen with, I guess, a third sort of moderating, mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of its, you know, traditional sort of, uh, dynamic. Obviously now a lot of your episodes have to be sort of, you know, recorded in front of your computer screen at home so how all do you of them. think yeah well, <laughs> pretty much yeah how do you think that sort of changed the dynamic of the show if at all um well it certainly changed the the comedy because the the writing process is the same as uh, brian writes it in texas because he's a couple hours ahead of us and so the the delivery of the stories is you know more or less we we popcorn read basically is how it goes um, but now there's a, you know, it's a physicality you lose, of course. So it's, it's a lot more, I mean, we still do the bits of course, but like, it's definitely, it's, it's hard to remember. It's hard to, it's easy to forget the way it was in the before times, but we, uh, I had to do some administrative stuff. So I was just going back through our old episodes and seeing us on the set. And I was just like, oh wow, this is a totally different energy. But the quarantine stuff has actually like been pretty fun. Uh, we've definitely changed up the way we do content now. 
we've, mm. we've been doing more videos where it's like, hey, can you can you join a call and we'll just talk about this game for X amount of minutes and then you know cut it into something. Yeah, I mean, it's it sort of flows into the next question I was going to ask is essentially whenever I get content creators on the show, um, I normally ask them how long it takes for a piece of their work to be uh, released. And I guess it's obviously uh, a little bit different with Inside Gaming as a lot of the content would, I assume, be time sensitive, obviously releasing news pieces and, and sort of things that have just dropped. So what are the methods you and the team sort of go through to make sure those videos and, and pieces are, are delivered on time? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, the daily, there's no wiggle room. We shoot it in the morning and it goes out in the afternoon uh, or very early evening. I mean, it's a one day edit. Mm. We uh, we get the script. We uh, we used to, you know, we used to have like an hour before we would shoot when we were at the office uh, or maybe even more. It was an hour and a half. I don't even remember. It's been so long. But now <laughs> we, we shoot relatively early. We get all the footage to the editor and then it's... Um, the editor is basically just on an island for four or five hours putting it all together and uh and that's the daily it just you know it has to come out and some days it comes out at four some days it comes out at six it really depends on what the story is how much footage is readily available if there were any technical difficulties because obviously this has been a whole you know brand new experience of figuring out what could possibly go wrong now but we also do the feature stuff so if you're not on daily you'll typically end up on a piece that will take a week from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's a stream that's being cut down that was shot a month in advance, or sometimes it's a totally new concept. Um, Sometimes it's like a Q and a thing. It's uh, at that point, it's weekend content. So it's, you have the week to prepare it. And then uh, you have like different tasks throughout. So it's not like constant producing and editing. You may be on the podcast, you may be making thumbnails or you may be, I guess that's also kind of changed a little bit recently. There's the, you have to wear different hats, you know? Mm. So I guess like every everyone in the uh, the Inside Gaming team sort of has different roles to fill in that sort of, um, that sort of production. Yeah, definitely. Content. We rotate around. Mm. Um, okay, basically, cool. the hosts stay fairly uh, consistent, but uh, the behind the scenes stuff is, is shifting around. Uh, Amir, Patrick, and I are the daily editors. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of that sort of overlap with with Funhouse, given that Inside Gaming was, I guess, their sort of baby to begin with, and and yeah. obviously members like Alana sort of appear on their channel. Has mm-hmm. has anyone expressed interest in appearing on Funhouse or sort of overlapping uh, onto their side? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've there's been like some light cross pollination, uh, but Patrick and I were on Dude Soup. Uh, right before all this started, I was on like a couple times. Uh, I think there's been some editing work that's swapped back and forth. And then uh, Patrick and I were each, I think I was in a Funhouse video. And then we actually, what we recorded today was, well, I don't know uh, if I can t- talk about it. I don't know how it works. But yeah, we do <laughs> stuff with them. Okay. Uh, yeah, we would love to do more. But I mean, like everyone's so busy. Yeah. Uh, and I it's guess it's just the, like uh, so much it's... struggling. <laughs> the stay at home sort of orders make that a little bit difficult as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, it was also like, not even just from a work standpoint. I mean, like we were all just in the same office. So even if we weren't doing content together, it was like, those are my friends, like mm. seeing people and you know, it's kind of hard to track people down, but like, you know, I try to play see if these with Jacob try to get on destiny, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely shift. But yeah, we would love to do more. 
Excellent. I mean, that sort of, again, moves us into um, a bit more of a, a casual question. What have your sort of standout games been during this isolation? What have you been digging into? What an excellent question. Uh, <laughs> I've had, you know, we've had, just as we've had eras within quarantine, you know, we all had Tiger King. We were all making Dalgona coffee. And then <laughs> we all moved into, honestly, I, don't, I feel like people splintered. We had some puzzle people. We had people learning to roller skate. I'm seeing some people coming back around to puzzles now. But uh, <laughs> I, of course, have been playing games. I played a bunch of Astroneer at the beginning of this. Okay. which is uh super fun very like no man's sky meets minecraft uh, and it's very goofy and it's very cute and it's also an incredible uh indie achievement and story uh the no clip documentary about it is really good um okay. just starting to get back into that and then in that vein i've also been playing a lot of satisfactory which is a uh, very similar kind of like a base building automation game uh, as far as mainstream stuff goes, I just finished The Last of Us 2 this past weekend. Yes, yes. Yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, obviously, it's a little... I'm not going to get into like spoilers and stuff, but uh, yes. <laughs> it was good. I did like it. I mean, it, the level of polish is not something I've seen on a game <laughs> ever. Like, mm. I, guess, I guess God of War would probably be the closest. Um, if not, actually... Well, I don't know, but both of course very polished games but like i thought it was really thought it was really fun i think it didn't wasn't oh, there was a lot of criticism about it being especially brutal and it was certainly but um there was also you know there were like little moments of hope and really great like character stuff uh definitely a little long and there were some other gameplay things i would have liked to seen a little bit more of like it's not a spoiler but there's so there's like t like a section early on where you pit a certain enemy type against uh, zombies against the infected it's really cool because you're like using the tools you would normally use to distract things away from you mm. to bring together other enemy types and let them take care of each other i wish i could have seen more of that yeah i i sort of felt like that was the same sort of thing as well like i i enjoyed being able to let you know other enemies fight other enemies and sort of just sneak around the around the back door but yeah i i certainly agree um I mean, of course, you. Not only have you been playing games, but you've been trying to uh, do a kickflip or ollie, I should say. <laughs> the kickflip is many, many years off. <laughs> I don't you've know if that'll ever happen. Yeah, you've been documenting your uh, your struggles on Twitter. Um, I have. How are things yes. going with that? Uh, good. They're going well. They're going well. Uh, I'm. Tr I'm probably going to go again actually after we record. Uh, okay. Thanks, Patrick, about that, but. It's it's definitely challenging because I'm not the most coordinated person, but <laughs> I uh, I want to get good at it because that to me feels like the whole like you should be working on your you know uh, your screenplay or whatever in quarantine like that I think is a really unhealthy and unwarranted point of view uh, and 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 just toxic and bad, but I do think there's some merit to like spending your time just trying to learn something and it's been so long so, like. I used to be really into rock climbing, uh, but now I can't go to my gym. So like, mm. this is kind of replaced it. It's like a challenge orient, challenging goal oriented activity. That's also just like a little bit dangerous. So that's, that's where I'm at now <laughs> is that I'm not stepping off the board so much. I'm trying to like maintain any <laughs> balance and stuff, which means that yeah. I'm falling more because I'm committing more, which is, yeah. you know, it has its ups and downs. Like I just tweeted a, a video of me 
just fully eating shit. Yeah. <laughs> just like went down. I saw it. It was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty gnarly, but uh, yeah, it's you know gnarly. That's cool though to be described <laughs> as gnarly. That's kind of the goal. I don't need to do a holly. I, well, I have done an holly. I don't need to do a pop shove it one eighty grind sack tap fucking Christ air. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, to be called gnarly is really what more could you want? Yeah, it's it's the life goal, really. <laughs> yeah, it's opened me up to a lot of uh, helpful critics, who I think mean well. They're they're well intentioned, but like, I'm not posting these clips so I can get like paragraphs of of tips. Like, there's been a couple guys that have been like, "You got to do this with your feet, your shoulders, blah blah blah," and I'm just like, look, look. and I even replied, I was like, "I'm not posting the ones where I'm doing better because they're not as funny." <laughs> like maybe yes. I will if it's like particularly impressive, but like. You know, I have so much time and endless amounts of resources at the end of my fingertips. If I wanted tips, I would go to my friend who skates, who I skate with, or I would look it up. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. like, and you know, I'm not, you know, I, I have muted a couple people that have been particularly vocal, <laughs> which, you know, I don't want tips. <laughs> so there's just been constant like chatter about like what I should be doing. And I'm like, let me just enjoy myself. Okay. Yeah. I'm in my twenties. I mean, I'm not gonna like. I'm not like some sixteen-year-old wonderkin that's gonna take to it and be able to get back up every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all the best for your uh, kick-flipping future. Yes. Hopefully, well, it, thank it comes. you. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. We'll see all of the. Uh, the clips I am getting on. better. Yeah, exactly. Slowly. We'll see all the all the all the clips on. Yeah, the, yeah. The there Twitter will be more anyway. clips. The documentation. <laughs> Certainly. Um. We should probably jump into, I guess, the second part of the the show where I normally bring a guest on to discuss their sort of formative years in gaming or their sort of, you know, first memories of, of games. And for you, Connor, what was, th- what was that like for you? What's your sort of first few memories of gaming or at least the ones that you can remember? Like as early as possible? As, as um, much as you can, yeah. Oh, boy. Jeez. Uh, well... Uh, I gotta say, probably the GameCube is when I like was my first foray. Cause I'm I'm like fairly young, uh, especially compared to like the guys at Funhouse and and even some of the folks on Inside Gaming. Not so much, but like, hmm. uh, the first like, cause I had you know played like games and had computer games and stuff and like shit that came on a CD-ROM in a cereal box. But like, the first like <laughs> game I really sunk my teeth into is probably Super Mario Sunshine. Ooh, a classic, yeah. Oh, the best Mario uh, 3D game as far as I'm concerned. I, I, and Ooh, I stand by okay. that. I've replayed it since uh, 2000 or 2001, whenever that was. It's That's a, a strong call. I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, care to s- s- state your case? No, no. I, 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 sure I can. <laughs> I just love the setting. I love Flood. I think it's such a fun platformer because I like, I like stuff that allows you, like, room for recovery i guess mm. so like i feel like there's some platformers that are like revel in being punishing and like super mario sunshine the way you can like hover and and slick the ground and change the environment around you and get back on track to where you want it to be i think is really fun because you know like sometimes you'll spin jump like straight off a platform and you're hovering over some abyss or whatever and then you you get back on top and you're yeah. okay and you know i've played galaxy and odyssey and and uh, I didn't play all of 64, so I guess that would be the controversy. 
<laughs> that's that's really the, the the formative game for me. So that's why I was sort of a little bit uh, surprised. But I mean, Sunshine is 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 certainly a different in terms of most Mario games and even most uh, you know three D platformers in general. So I can understand that you know people hold a certain shine to it and, and are, are quite fond of it. So no no judgment here. <laughs> yeah, it's about to become a very hostile podcast, dear. <laughs> Connor will um, jump off very soon, hopefully. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously, yeah, the GameCube. Do you, did you have any other games there? Obviously, like there's a couple of few major games. Um, obviously, Smash Brothers. I even find Wario Land as being one of the the games I remember most from the GameCube era. Did you have any sort of you know oh, cool. weird or obscure games that you uh, you had in that time? Oh man, uh, I mean, like I had the whole a whole CD book of them. Uh, I can't even like remember so much of it. <laughs> it's really funny. I was like a fairly like casual player actually up until the game that I. That's kind of why I chose uh, the game I want to talk about later in the episode because then I started mm-hmm. to get more into it. But on the GameCube, uh, I mean, I played Kirby Air Ride at my friend's house. I never had oh, yeah. that one. But uh, definitely Smash, definitely, you know, most of the first party stuff. As for weird things, God, I got to, like, reach back now through time. <laughs> uh, oh, Luigi's Mansion is one of my all-time oh, favorite yeah. games. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't play it until later in life, but it is on the GameCube, and it's just, like, I actually thought 3 was missing a lot of the charm that the original one had, which it was, it was spooky. Granted, I was also, like... <laughs> so young but like there mm. is like an inherently like very scary quality uh to how confined confined it is like yeah, definitely yeah very like fixed camera controls too and you're you're coming in and out of rooms and i just like of course it had charm but like it was very spooky mm. yeah i felt like the, the the sort of second and third ones didn't really have that same sort of feeling to them uh, yeah which sort of let them down a little bit but yeah, who's to judge? Uh, it, they were fun. I still have to finish three. I played it for review, so I like burned through eighty percent of the game, and then that can make you not want to play the last section. Yeah, uh, definitely. As as someone who's like reviewing games at, at this point in time as well, it's sort of like you know you you want to get as much done as possible so you can form a yeah you know, a solid point for it, but then you you just right. feel burnt out. You don't want to touch it at all. So absolutely. Um, but as for any other games on the GameCube, I can't really... I had some weird ones on the Wii. Like, I played the shit out of... Uh, it was a licensed property. It was the um, first Transform- Michael Bay Transformers game <laughs> on the Wii. It was dog shit. It was so bad. It was... I cannot stress to you how poorly this game played. Uh, and the difficulty spikes and the way missions were outlined and the way it looked and sounded and everything about it top to bottom bad but i loved that game because you could transform at will and just run around and like break things but not a good game by any measure yeah i mean when you're younger obviously like that's that's the dream just you know morphing right a a jet or a car or something so right which i was you know i I really like the war for cybertron uh games i never played the Mm. sequel but those were on the 360 generation uh, and those were, I think, I think High Moon might be the studio that made those, and those are tremendous. Mm. Uh, really, really great, fun, uh, like a, like shooters. Um, 
but no that that Wii game real bad real <laughs> real bad and I even knew that when I was playing it it's not like a look back and say ah, I was so silly it, when I was playing it in like 2007 I was like whoa this sucks <laughs> it's a bad game <laughs> Did you end up? You, did you own a Wii after the GameCube? Was that sort of the next console that came after? Oh yeah, big time. I uh, yeah, and I bought that one myself. That was like the first console I bought, so it was very big. Oh, okay. Very big step for it. I can't remember if it was before or after, but I did own a PS2. I did get one eventually, and mm. an, an N64. But I got those after I got the GameCube. Ah, okay. So sort of like going back and revisiting certain things. Yeah, yeah, and so like you know eventually my brother and i got we we got the ps2 we played a lot of tony hawk uh together of course (laughs) and uh i tried kingdom hearts kind of bounced off of it um downhill domination was this super fun just you know just downhill mountain bike game that my friends and i would just just play to death uh (laughs) it was great um so yeah definitely a lot of fond memories of the ps2 but the wii is where i spent a lot of my time hmm are you a, a, a fan of those motion controls or do you do you find that that sort of ruined the experience? I mean, that was the experience for the Wii. Like, I had no really benchmark, so I was on board. I mean, most games, it was didn't even use them. It was just like a weird controller to hold, right? <laughs> I mean, like, Red Steel 2 used the Wii Motion Plus, I guess. That was cool. But, like, everything else, I, I wasn't really using it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. for me, when I had a Wii, I think the only thing that we ever really touched was uh, was Wii Sports whenever we had friends over. So I can uh, totally understand that. Did you ever get a Wii Fit? We did. We yeah uh, yeah yeah. We got the we had we had the balance board and everything, um, and we were sort of just in our sort of like mid teens at that point. Me and my sister who um, used the Wii at that point. Um, so it was almost like half half fun and half serious, but yes. yeah, it was cumbersome that that board for sure. Like very um, heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it's and mean too. Like if somebody stepped on that was like just slightly heavier than the average, it would just go ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick is always saying he loves to say that you can find one in every Goodwill in America, every like secondhand store. Uh, that DJ hero and, uh, the Tony Hawk, um, peripheral, you know, the one I'm the talking ride about. board. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll oh, find those man. everywhere. You're right that though. Was it was competitive. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Did you end up like, like having mad. like a, 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 a guitar hero or a, oh, like my a, God. a Tony Hawk ride or anything? All I wanted one year for Christmas was guitar hero. It's all I wanted. Yeah. And it was uh it was after it had been popular already. Not like beyond it, but it had been in the, you know, Zeitgeist. We all knew about it. And it was World Tour. Mm. It was the first one with the full band. And I was like Yes. I was like, I need nothing more in my entire life than this. And I just fretted yeah. over it. And it, like for me at the time, like what what was it, hundred fifty dollars, I think? That was like mm. a supreme amount of money. So I was just like, There's no way this is happening. I was just, just not gonna get it. And like, I thought it was impossible to find. And so like, I kept going back and forth. My parents were like, do you want it? And then uh, they got it for me. And I was, it was the the best day ever. And then out of the box, one of the symbols didn't work. So I spent uh, oh, no. three weeks on the phone, getting a replacement, shipping it out and getting it back in. But when I did get it, it was very fun. Uh, it broke very oh, quickly, but we did have a, we did eventually get rock band <laughs> too. 
Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, Rock Band was was never really, like, particularly popular in Australia. I think so it, it was definitely, oh, okay. like, Guitar Hero was, like, the... Th- was the thing for us over here like i i'm the same i definitely had the first one for me was world tour um i definitely went to a couple of friends places to play uh the third one legends of rock which was like the sure yeah <laughs> i guess the height of its popularity but um i think after that and and after all of these sort of subsequent uh metallica and aerosmith uh, releases i think that sort of <laughs> it hit its uh, its downfall but yeah i think pretty soon after that i stopped playing yeah i mean then they did the one with the real strings or whatever guitar hero live but uh i didn't know that rock band wasn't so popular in australia because i I think it had like a different status here like it didn't have the explosive status that Mm. guitar hero did but i think it was definitely the like more appreciated like this is like the sleeker and it the the peripherals (laughs) did last longer i mean if i went home to my parents house it would still work. I've used it in, as recently as a few years ago. Okay, yeah. interesting. So definitely yeah, like better it, it made. Just never, yeah, it just never like it broke the, the mainstream. Guitar Hero was just a more popular product here. So I guess that's differing, you know, countries uh, getting I different guess, things. Yeah. It's just the way it works. Yeah. I don't know, something about import-export tariffs. I don't know how anything works. Can I ask <laughs> you, do your, do your uh, world tour, do you still have them around? Do they work? Um, I I only got the guitar because I I got the the uh, the PS3 copy and the guitar. Um, okay. It it still worked, but since we sort of moved on to um, the, the next gen sort of stuff, it, it just sort of sat there. And essentially, mm-hmm. I just used it as a, as props for like costume parties and things. So um, it, it it certainly still worked when I used it on a on a friend's PS3. But uh, having no sort of console to play it on it sort of lost its its use but it's seen um, better days then <laughs> oh well, i mean i certainly took care of it um it, it certainly you know the stickers were sort of peeling off a little bit but it still you know played just as well as it did the day it came out of the box so. oh that's well then we must have done something wrong <laughs> we, at my house we must have beat the shit out of it or something <laughs> oh, well. smashing onto the ground yeah, i mean just no the, the strum bar just didn't work anymore really it was just squishy and delayed <laughs> and just like the buttons felt like crap and it's just like not good yeah you you must have certainly been thrashing through some uh some tunes then yeah i think we were also just rough with things <laughs> i don't know the joys of youth um so when you after that you sort of grew up through obviously you had the wii the ps2 a bit and sort of you know dive back into things like the n64 what was then next for you oh i got um i got a 360 when i was uh 16 yeah which was i got the arcade 360 and uh it came with like one of those double cases with uh one of the forza motorsports and halo odst and then another combo another one of those combos with viva pinata and banjo kazooie nuts and bolts um, slightly slightly less better <laughs> well it may surprise you to know that nuts and bolts got far more play than any of those for years oh i just because okay. i had the wii and so like i wasn't that interested in like halo and stuff of course i'd played like at friends houses i played like a ton of like gears and halo multiplayer um yeah well into the night but like 
I wasn't that concerned or interested and like the fourth racing game was like fine. So I didn't really play the Xbox for like a year or maybe I did it a little bit, but then I started playing. Obviously it's not the same as one and two Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. But yeah, I will say that game's fun. It's, it's a good time. I actually played it mm. on like backwards compatible, like recently on the Xbox one. Uh, well, that might've been like two years ago. I don't know. Time is, whatever but i um <laughs> i enjoyed it so i played it i played a shitload of that and then it wasn't until i went to college that and i took it with me uh, and i had newfound time and independence and i was like what this halo thing's about and i played odst and i was like oh i love this this is so good <laughs> still the only halo game i've played through yeah i mean certainly glad you jumped back into it. it's probably one of the better ones in my opinion um Banjo Nuts and Bolts, I feel, is an interesting one because obviously uh, that was released p- as part of Rare Replay, which I, I had picked up. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a lot of fondness for a couple of games there, not only the uh, the Banjo games, but uh, games like Blast Core and, um, and Battletoads was, was a big one for me. So I definitely picked it up when I got my Xbox One as well. So, uh, like, Nuts and Bolts obviously is sort of the... Uh, the the ugly sheep of of the the trio but yeah. yeah like it certainly had some charm when i when i played it and i felt like you know if it wasn't a banjo game and it was its own sort of i guess ip like there would be a lot of fun and it would probably have been received better right although if it were a different ip i probably would have never played it because i did play the original <laughs> on 64 so i was like familiar i was like oh i like banjo yeah uh and then but like the toolkit for building uh vehicles and the like scavenger hunt to find new parts was i mean super fun i mean it still holds up yeah definitely it's just uh, not I a banjo game agree. you know it just has banjo in yeah it. absolutely mm. well i think that sort of brings us neatly into the main part of today's episode and connor has picked a, a game that uh, he was <laughs> they were uh, sort of alluding to um earlier in the episode yes you you sort of said should i say what it is or do you say what it is well i would like to ask you what uh, you've picked for today's okay sorry Sorry, i i i I was unfamiliar with the (laughs) way this works that's okay uh connor what what have you picked for today's episode matt i'm so glad you asked i have picked for today's episode (laughs) 2007's original assassin's creed no subtitle (sighs) no subtitle (laughs) yeah obviously the game which launched perhaps you could argue one of the biggest franchises uh currently going in gaming you could argue but i'd uh, say so yeah definitely innovates more than your call of duties uh do as far as uh (laughs) that that said they're kind of all the same i have a mixed i have mixed feelings towards the assassin's creed series okay um that was sort of what i was going to dive into first up was really how Obviously, the game was quite a, a popular uh, game and was received quite well. And But it seemed to be the same thing, especially when you look sort of further down the line through uh, the Assassin's Creed series. It's it's very story-based. It's very, you know, very heavy, but it's the same sort of thing, you know, game after game after mm-hmm. game. And that's mm-hmm. that's from, you know, someone like me who finds that sort of thing a little bit repetitive. But, you know, that could be me. But... Uh, well, you're right. I... <laughs> Well, I'll just say that right now. You're right. Uh, and I didn't pick it because I think it's an outstanding game series necessarily. I actually, if you had mm. asked me last year, I would have said, oh, yeah, Assassin's Creed is dog shit now. 
but I, oh, wow. I picked it because I'm I'm seriously playing an Assassin's Creed game really for the first time since I don't know Revelations. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, like the last one that I I played was I believe number four, Black Flag, with the the sort of pirate theme. Yeah, I played that one um, a little bit. Mm. People like that. I felt one. like that was yeah. It's it's not a bad not a bad uh, title, but once again, I felt like it the gameplay just felt repetitive mm-hmm. i think um yeah i also wasn't a fan of that sort of you know you're trying to you know view the memories of your ancient ancestors and the, the sort of current day feel uh, to the the previous old day sort of um yeah setting, sort of there's kind of like a mid-2000s chic to the early assassin's creed stuff where it's like <laughs> it feels like a like a stock dvd menu or like an ad for like a sony ericsson it's like and it's very like like weird chrome and 3d rendering and it's just like it's so dumb and it's so funny because the like abstergo or the like animus thing has been such a like a ball and chain around the ankle of the series trying to swim to the yes. surface because they don't like yeah. it. You can tell they don't want to mm. really do it because I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now, uh, mm. which I think is good. I think it's a good game. I think it's a lot of fun. Like, yes, it's repetitive, but I find the loop of like, uh, seek out a place, investigate, take people out, fight, upgrade my gear, do it again, is pretty fulfilling. Uh, it's been a very good game for quarantine, especially. Mm. but uh but they still they like i was uh, they had nothing of like current day stuff and then like hours into the game it's like then you have all this stuff and it's like i don't i don't give a shit and neither do you ubisoft so (laughs) it it sort of felt like you know having watched a lot of people playing it and and streams and whatnot like they were sort of starting to move away from that abstergo sort of stuff and sort of just keep it sort of tightly in that sort of historical time period which would have suited the game so much better but yeah you know, I, I guess they've sort of got to drag it in a little bit but it was cool i feel in the like first they're sort one. of moving on yeah yeah i mean like it's like a story thing in the first one or like uh desmond like wakes up all confused in this facility and it's it's pretty neat but like I don't think it was ever intended to be the sole, uh, you know, reasoning for an entire series of games. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And that one is extremely repetitive and extremely bare. Like going from Assassin's Creed one to two is like, it's like alien to aliens. It's like totally ratcheted up. They throw so many more icons on the screen. There's so many more mm. different kinds of missions and characters. And I mean, Assassin's Creed is, is bare bones yeah it definitely is that's that's what i sort of felt when i sort of played through it first it was just very i don't want to say empty but i can certainly agree with what you're saying it was though and like the guys would chase you and they would get up on stuff and then you would like run and hide and hang down from stuff and then the uh the like different assassin meetup places you would find and drop through and like all the maps looked or the map looked like roughly samey uh yeah but the reason I picked it is because I like went to college, brought my Xbox, hadn't really played games seriously. Uh, I would call myself like an enthusiast at the time. And then my roommate in my dorm was like, do you want this game? I tried to play it, but I think it's crap. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it was Assassin's Creed. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try this. I'm 
freshman in college, don't have any friends yet. And why not? I'll give it a spin. And then it's yeah. so funny because I was just like in my, I would just like finish class and then go back to my dorm room and just like just play Assassin's Creed and just uh, mainline these pro. Do you have Costco in Australia? Uh, it opened up probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like the bulk, bulk uh, wholesale stuff. Yeah. So, which so which is why I had a box of like fifty protein bars, and I would just play <laughs> Assassin's Creed and just fucking mainline protein bars, and it was like it was like what thrust me into gaming, like really, which is so funny because like I was I was kind of a late entry, and here I am doing it professionally, uh, which is still so surreal. But like I must have gained like fifteen pounds over that semester. Like I'm, I'm serious. Like I, <laughs> I was just eating. The, the, the just, freshman fifteen, and instead, it's just doing it while you're gaming. It was so. the AC fifteen. Yeah, I mean, granted, I was also <laughs> eating at the dining hall, but like, definitely a lot of just straight protein going right into my system while I just Ooh. sat there. Um, and it's it's like a very important title to me because it's like, it's very simple and bare bones, and so I can appreciate what I what I I can see what I like about it, but also. <laughs> I never got to finish it because oh really yeah it uh it broke like oh. i got a game-breaking bug in the final mission so oh, wow okay actually it was in the second to last mission so like i played through the entire game and i had never really played a game like this and this extensively before so i was playing a lot of catch up and then there's the the penultimate mission is you go through this long like canyon it, which just functions as a corridor and you hit waves of guys and then you end up at the end and fight i don't know sir robert or whatever some templar knight uh, and there's a circle of guys around you and so i did that and i was like fuck yeah i did it and like i finished it and there's also guys up on the ledge that are like i'll see him right there and or whatever <laughs> voice they have but they can't actually come yeah. down it just trips the uh you've been seen uh thing so I stopped playing. I do whatever I do. I go to class. Uh, I don't know when I started it back up, but I got back in and I was still in that map. And it's, you just load into the like most, the save. There's no like save loading in that game. You just go into your yeah. checkpoint where your save is. And I was in the canyon. And so there was guys up on top and he's like, I see him right there. And I would run, I could, but there were no waves of guys and there was no boss at the end. So it was like this pseudo level instead of the open world that so much of the game does take place in. And I could run yeah. up to the end of it. It was like a thermometer. It had a bulb at the end. And I could run back down. And no matter how many times I restarted or reloaded or took the disc out and wiped it, I, it just wouldn't get off that stage. So I had to look oh, up the no. final <laughs> level and cutscenes on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so that was an important lesson in... Uh, managing frustration and understanding that you know sometimes things end and you're not ready for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it sounds like it just sort of like soft locked and it just yeah it, it, it must have just gotten stuck in because it was so unlike other parts of the game that it must not have known how to handle being stuck in that mode there was no mm. way out there's no fast travel points there was nothing i mean obviously they sort of improved on that dramatically in the, in the next couple of assassin's creeds but did you find that you jumped into more of them as well i played uh i played assassin's creed 2 shortly afterwards uh, and i played revelations which i liked because it let you go back to it go you go between Ezio and altair 
which is fun. But then the series mm. just got like worse and worse. And I, I played a little bit. I heard three was bad, and I played a little bit of Black Flag, and then I just watched the shit show with Unity and how many bugs there were, and then. I just didn't I wasn't interested I was like these games look bad and it seems like they've just consigned themselves to just doing one a year because they had uh it also feels weird to talk about Ubisoft without <laughs> bringing up the uh very bungled uh allegations and accusations brought against so many of its executives they are not doing yeah. a good job of that uh no, it came not. out today that apparently instead of when it was proposed to have Cassandra, the female lead, be the sole lead of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, they said something along the lines of, like, women don't sell games, or female heroes yeah. don't sell games. Yeah, read that. That's, yeah, yeah, which is... I'm playing it as Cassandra, and it feels like the only way to do it, but hey, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Sure, Ubisoft, <laughs> that's great. But, um, yeah, I think that series was for a long time just, you know, horseshit, kind of like, just revisiting the well, and like, alright, here we, here we go, another Assassin's Creed. Uh, and that kind of like reached its zenith with the Michael Fassbender movie, which was so bad, oh, yeah. just unbelievable <laughs> trash. And then I, mm. uh, I heard origins was like fun, and, uh, different. I was like, I don't know. I'm not that interested. And then Odyssey came out and I read about it a lot and I was like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't need to play it. And then yeah, I got it on sale like a few months ago. And I was like, Oh, they've, they've made a lot of changes to this stuff. It seems like they're actually. I still think the whole, like, this is our biggest world ever, which they're doing again with Valhalla, is uh, is a mistake. Because, like, mm. limiting the size of the world lets you make it more interesting. And there are places in yeah, Assassin's Creed It seems Creed unnecessary. It, it is unnecessary. Because, like, there's places that people are never going to see. It's just like, what mm. What are we doing? Come on. Like, you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. There's a great video. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. But you could maybe search it up. And I encourage anyone to search it up uh, about open worlds and it, it deconstructs the prog of uh of deus ex um oh become human or whatever the more recent one was uh human revolution no it was the one after that i think unless that's the most recent and i'm a doofus you know what whatever there's a video about the way open worlds work and it is mm-hmm. about how confined and small that one is and that's really good um because like mm, okay yeah like a limited open world i mean like uh breath of the wild or even like uh arcane's newer prey from 2017 um yes is an open environment but you can there's it's so abundant with storytelling and with interactivity and even just design like you can make each place look different whereas assassin's creed odyssey just like the first assassin's creed so much of it just looks the same because they just make the assets and then paste them across the world. Now that's reductive. I know making a game is much harder, but yeah, uh, it just feels too big. Yeah, I think that like that's a, a common problem with a lot of games now. It seems to be the bigger the better, but sure. obviously you know anything past you know maybe GTA Five size is probably getting a little bit too big, um, and even like GTA Five size is a little bit too big as a problem but yeah i think the driving and transportation alleviates a lot of that because you're not just getting around mm. on horseback and the parts of gta 5 it feels vast and expansive but i think that's in a lot of ways to its benefit because mm. you don't have to go to all those places exactly it's, it true. is about walking yeah. that line between discoverability because you can get from one side of los santos to the other in short order like you can drive around the island pretty quickly but uh, I don't know if you've yeah. seen the map of the new Assassin's Creed's, but like, 
Wow. <laughs> They're big, yeah. Enormous. <laughs> Two things I wanted to ask about this game. Uh, number one being, uh, having read up about uh, the original Assassin's Creed, I was not aware that Kristen Bell lent her voice and likeness to this game until now. Wait, which one? Uh, were you aware of this? The first one. What? <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Hold on. Forgive my typing sounds, but... An Assassin's Yeah, Creed? just reading up on it now in, in Wikipedia, apparently. What was she doing in 2007? Kristen Bell did a, an interview with IGN on December 13, 2006, and she says she lent her voice and likeness to the game. Oh, how about is, that? Yeah, news to okay. me. Okay. <laughs> well, good for Kristen. Oh, she was in a... She was a okay, yeah, so she's in one and two. That's so funny. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're all learning her. things here on One Perfect Game. Um, oh, my God. The other question I was going to ask was your first, uh, I guess, high dive into the hay bale. What was that sort of experience like for you? Oh, I, I don't remember specifically, but that part's always fun. I mean, it's obviously the most, like, immersion, if you want to do the I-word uh, <laughs> breaking thing about the game. But it's just like, eh, I'm fine. It's so it's cool I was because say it's it, like the more iconic sort of it's, uh, yeah, idea. It or is sort of. it is really fun. Uh, although the free running, whew, I'm sure if I went back now, I would just be like, "Oh my god!" Because you would be like, "All right, I'm going to jump from this roof onto the other one," and then you just like bounce off a ledge and then fall to your death. And you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> uh, they kind of they actually did a pretty good job fixing that because I've tried to play Syndicate a few years ago and that was the same thing with some of their features, mm. but. Yeah, they they still have that too, even though there's a great upgrade. I mean, in, in Odyssey, you can just jump from anywhere, and mm. not die. I'm giving so I'm paying so much lip service to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I've played so many games that I think are far superior and <laughs> and I like more. So I want to make it clear. I'm very <laughs> not trying to just talk up Assassin's Creed Odyssey here. Well, I, I think it's it's interesting that we use Assassin's Creed, the original one, as sort of a uh, a stepping stone to to other Assassin's Creed games. It sort of influenced not only yourself but a, a lot of other people as well. So it's certainly not a bad thing that you're you're talking it up. But um, yeah, it's a good it's a good benchmark I mean, by which to look at the way the consoles have progressed and and games too. Because we're you know we're seeing a ton of comparisons between Ghost of Tsushima and Assassin's Creed. And so like mm. that design philosophy has you know the people that grew up playing Assassin's Creed are making games now. So. So you're yeah, exactly. getting all kinds of different feedback stuff. And I think that's really, really cool because it's it kind of changed mm. the game for open world games. I, I would almost say it also changed the game a bit for uh, for stealth as well. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you've obviously you would obviously have other games at the time like um, like Splinter Cell and, and things like that, which were very, you know, stealth based, obviously Metal Gear Solid as well. But sure. this was sort of like stealth in a different sort of aspect almost do you agree uh i didn't play a lot of those games when i was playing assassin's creed in the beginning so i can't really speak to it but it did feel like a more like like an aggressive stealth if that makes sense like you couldn't you weren't just gonna sneak it was less about not being found but so much about hiding when you were Mm. if that makes sense like for me it wasn't so much about like hiding as it was like i've been seen i need to free run in a way that i can escape and become hidden again 
Assassin's Creed 2, I would say, really up the ante on stealth because it introduced like hiding in crowds and stuff. And uh, I think you could swim, maybe. Hiding in plain sight being that sort of more open stealth. Yeah, that to me felt more more stealth like to me. The first Assassin's Creed, I like spent a lot of it just brawling and and running. Uh, I don't think I. And I love (laughs) stealthy uh, gameplay, I love stealth games. So I don't know if I saw, got that much from that one. Hey, maybe I'm due for a replay. Yeah, I think we all are, to be honest. I'm I'm kind of interested to play it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that should do it for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps us up pretty neatly. Connor, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, if you have any uh, links or social accounts, where should people follow you? Oh, sure, totally. First of all, thank you for having me so much. I was honored to be asked. I'm not really... <laughs> I haven't been asked to be on a lot of content that I'm not don't have a hand in making, so this is a pleasure. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on MC underscore Lotta L O T T A uh, pretty much on any platform. You can find me on mostly Twitter. Uh, I have an Instagram under that handle that I usually forget to use. Um, but also uh, more important than that is uh, what a show W H A T A S H O W on Twitch. Uh, is the show that I host with Patrick, also from Inside Gaming. Uh, we we go live at 7 Pacific on Wednesdays, and I would say most Sundays. We've got some fun uh, collaborations, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to put our heads together to like see if we can do some kind of like giveaway stuff, but it's all very early. Ooh, nice. But uh, yeah, we're, we're taking that pretty seriously now, uh, which we really like. Not like obviously as like... <laughs> a revenue stream but just in terms of growing the community uh so yeah if anybody wanted to watch that we have a really wonderful community over there uh who uh all shit post and are all friends in our discord <laughs> we'll have to check that one out um and of course if you would like to follow uh one perfect game on twitter you can do so at opg pod and you can also follow me on twitter at it's tilby but from me matthew tilby and my guest today conor Graf, it is goodbye for now take care 